On today's episode, I have my number one critic, my a very special guest, and number one fan. Um, I have heard feedback that my wife Ashley would be great on the podcast. I agree. She wasn't bailing me out just because I couldn't get a guest. Okay, maybe she was doing that in part. But Ashley and I are going to have a conversation about lament. So I hope you are helped by this conversation. Ashley Schreiner, welcome to the Disciple Henson podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. You are already my favorite guest. <laughs> We've got uh, PK Fire here as a chaperone. Thank you for being here, <laughs> PK. Um, Ashley, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How did you come to Christ? Yeah, uh, I am from Pennsylvania and was born and raised there. Um, I was grew up in a Catholic family. Both of my parents came from the same hometown in Pennsylvania, uh, really strong Catholic roots. So I grew up going to church. I grew up hearing about Jesus Christ, particularly from my grandmother, who really loved Christ and who just spoke uh, so lovingly and kindly of him. Uh, but I, I think I believed in God. I don't remember what I thought of Jesus Christ, but I um, definitely didn't have a relationship, don't remember hearing the gospel in the Catholic Church. Uh, but I was kind of a good, a good Catholic kid, and in my middle school, I had some friends at my public middle school who invited me to a Bible study that they were leading before school, and I thought that sounded like a good thing to do. So I remember going to that Bible study. I remember them asking me when I came to uh, repent and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and have a relationship with Jesus. And I don't remember, I just remember that sounding like a strange question. Uh, I didn't know what they meant. Um, but sure enough, we went through a study in Romans and I just remember Romans really opening my eyes to the truth of God's word, to it just reading the Bible, uh, it just came alive to me. And then sure enough, after about a year, I went to a Christian, uh, like a youth retreat. And I remember a youth leader sharing the gospel uh, for, in a presentation. And it was like so, you know, like so many people have, I've heard say like the lights went on, you know, I maybe had heard that before, but I just, when I heard that, I thought this, this is true. This is truth here. And I need to repent of my sins and trust in Christ. And so I did that. And I've been walking with the Lord since then. Uh, definitely have had some times of great growth, particularly after high school and particularly, I think, since we've been married. So I'm thankful for the Lord's uh, work and especially his work uh, through uh, local churches like Hinson. So encouraging to hear the story of God's grace in your life. How uh, did you meet me? Distant second <laughs> but how did how do you and I meet? So after I met Christ, about eight years later, I was working in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I had graduated college. I was uh, working as a research and development chemist at a startup company, and um, my pastor uh, had a connection to your dad, and so he invited your parents, as you know, to come to my church to speak at a retreat. And I met uh, your mom, your tenacious mother. I needed some help. <laughs> yeah. And she uh, she uh, said that 
she thought we should meet up. And so that's how it all Thanks, started. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> if you're listening, appreciate it. And uh, we, you and I have been married 12 years. You had lived yes. in Pennsylvania your whole entire life until yes. you met me. That's right. And then we moved to Washington, D.C. for a couple of years, mm-hmm. moved to Kentucky for a short time while I was going to seminary. Yeah. And now we've been here in Portland for the last nine and a half years Yeah. here at Henson. Did Wait. you ever think you would be a pastor's wife? No, I don't think so. Certainly not as I was working as a chemist. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, I kind of, you know, followed you around. Um, Thanks for doing that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but no, no, the Lord... Uh, I never imagined that I would, but even before we met, I knew that I wanted my life to be centered in the local church, Mm. that I wanted to serve um, the Lord and his kingdom through the local church. You came to that conclusion without even knowing of the ministry of Nine Marks? (laughs) I did. Wow. Maybe it's in the Bible. Maybe. So um, one of the things I'd like to talk about with you, and we can continue more conversations offline. Is this weird to be talking to each other with microphones. <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. It is a little strange. Um, but uh, one of the things we want to talk about is just lament and and suffering in the Christian life. Um, both you and Adrian have led our church really well just in the last month or so um, in public prayers of lament. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you know how to do that? Um, hmm. We got, got a lot of, it helped a lot of people. So if you're listening to this and you, you didn't um, hear Adrian or Ashley's prayer of lament, I'd encourage you to, to go back or maybe even look up um, what a prayer of lament is. Mm-hmm. It really ministered to a lot of people. We got a lot of, you got, you got a lot of feedback how it helped people and as yeah. did I. People yeah. were like, Dan, the sermon was okay, but Ashley's prayer of lament. Man, that really ministered to me, which was encouraging. Oh, well, that's I'm I'm thankful that the Lord used it uh, to encourage our congregation and help us. I I think before the last couple of years, I really had never heard of a prayer of lament, and that was something that was I remember being talked about. I know Neil Woolard had written some things on lament, and uh, during a really hard season that I think we'll talk about here in a minute. Uh, last spring, uh, I started reading some books like. Um, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy by Mark Vrogup and other things that uh, encouraged Christians to uh, pray prayers of lament to the Lord. So what is lament? Lament is uh, a prayer in our pain uh, that leads to trust and praise to God. Um, I think this is not something I really thought about before the last few years, I think at times I've been afraid or didn't really know how to uh, bring my pain to God. It almost sounded ungrateful to God to, to bring him kind of my, my pains and my complaints. But I found over the last year for that to be a great source of, of life and of, of joy in trusting God to be able to have language uh, to speak to him in that way. And so, and and you mentioned the the book by Mark Frogup, um, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercies. Um, any other resources that were helpful, um, maybe in the scriptures or any other resources? Um, there's there's prayers of lament in the Psalms. Yeah. So um, I think that in part 
um, instructs us how to bring those complaints mm-hmm, um, to mm-hmm. the Lord. So it wasn't like uh, Neil and Mark Froga came up with the idea <laughs> and then, you know, but um, but it is a it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. It's hard to be to be honest. Like you said, it feels like maybe we're complaining, we're ungrateful, or we're even disrespectful mm-hmm. to God to bring our pain before Him. Yeah, well, yeah, I do. I do remember reading through some Psalms that I found helpful. Um, although honestly, I found the Book of Job more helpful. In I, I want to talk about that in a minute. In a minute. Yeah, 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 that'll be good. Um, but what about for you, Ashley? What what have been some some laments that you've had in the last couple of years that have made lament not just a category in the scriptures, mm-hmm. but something personal. Because obviously when you led us in that prayer that Sunday, it was, it was, it was clear that it was coming from your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have been uh, blessed and thankful uh, not to have had to endure a lot of suffering in, in my life so far. But about a year and a half ago, uh, my dad died suddenly and unexpectedly, I think as most people at Henson know, of cancer. Uh, And that experience, as I've heard from many Christians, as suffering so often does, it kind of unsettles us. It, it, I felt watching my dad die and and going through that experience it it was deeply unsettling for me it it made me feel i don't know like broken inside and unsure of um just unsure of who is god and where is he and all those questions we ask why why god would you allow this this terrible thing to happen um and so that kind of led me on this journey to to be able to talk to God because I felt like I was getting trapped in a cycle of my thoughts going around and around and really not knowing what to do with them. Uh, and that that's what kind of led me on this journey. And I was thankful also for, um, for Kristen Silva. Uh, she helped me to uh, kind of put language to my feelings and to think through a lot of these things in ways that I hadn't before. Um, and then, so walking through that experience, I know the Lord was with me. He helped me. He spoke to me through that time. Um, and then uh, about a year later, uh, we found out about the Changs leaving and Patrick and Hannah leaving. Uh, and that was kind of, you know, a lesser, but still another kind of wave of pain that came along uh, that kind of cycled me back not that i had completely come out of a season of sadness and suffering because of my dad but that i think put me back into a a time of pain and a time of calling out to god in that pain Mm. thank you for sharing that yeah Uh, not to mention with those very significant kind of life-altering experiences that really kind of caused you to be like, what, like, why, why God is just the the everyday uh, experience of unmet expectations, raising three kids, mm-hmm. um, which can twenty twenty, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> year twenty twenty, right, right, yeah. Um, any other any other things that uh, you mentioned mentioned meeting up with Kristen? Um, exploring this category of lament. Any any other 
things that were helpful to you in your pain, that ways that you were ministered to, ways you would maybe encourage uh, a fellow sufferer in the in the body of Henson? Yeah. The, the only other thing that I can think of right now is just the regular means of grace. Uh, the Lord ministered to me through those in in deep ways. I even remember the series last year. I can't remember what time of year we were going through in in Hosea. The Lord really used that and some of and some of those verses when I felt so broken. Uh, and the Lord, you know, the Lord is encouraging the people to like plow up their their hardened ground, you know, break up that ground. And that's how I felt. I felt broken by the Lord. But he says that that we do that in order that he might sow seeds of righteousness in us. And just those those regular things from parts of scripture you might not even think of, but that come up through through sermons or other teachings, through conversations with believers, through a regular you know, quiet time and prayer time with the Lord, um, those times really ministered to me uh, in a season of pain. You know, I think there's the famous, you know, C.S. Lewis phrase where God, he whispers to us in our pleasures, he speaks to us in our conscience, but he shouts to us in our pain. Mm-hmm. And those those regular times in the word where I often would, would hear the Lord and uh, experience him in, in my pain when I would come to him it was like it was. It was more clear. It was more loud. It was more comforting to me. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned just relationships, and this is something you've mentioned to me before, but also something I feel like I experienced. Um, what was it? Eight years ago, at, when my mom was in the bicycle accident, mm-hmm. that Henson, uh, you know, Henson's not a perfect church, um, but I think one way that God has gifted Henson is uh, people draw near. Um, to 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 you often. I mean, maybe this isn't everyone's experience, mm-hmm. but for us, our experience has been that the church has drawn near to us in our suffering. So I think of Stephanie. Yeah. I think of Camille. Mm-hmm. I think of of Tessa. I think of countless others who have um, just been just been able to 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 mourn with you, yeah. and to offer an encouraging word when mm-hmm. when the, the time is right. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm just I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, and I would encourage if you know if you're listening to to this and you maybe have a friend in the church who's going through a hard time, we often don't know what to say, mm-hmm. you know. But just being present with uh, with another believer in their pain, um, mourning with them, praying with them. Yeah, um, I, I it's it's hard for me to imagine what you've gone through in the last two years had we not had a healthy. Uh, church to kind of mourn with you and with us. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's certainly true. Um, one of the things uh, that we said we we're going to talk about, and I certainly want to, is um, I've seen you almost every morning sitting down in your favorite chair, and uh, you've been going after the book of Job. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that journey. Um, how is Job? informed how you lament and pray? What impact has it had? What have you learned? Yeah. So early on in the summer, I decided that I was going to do a personal study through the book of Job because I found myself continuing to wrestle over like why questions um, of, of why God does things the way that he does, why there's so much pain and so much brokenness. And while I found the Psalms helpful, I also felt like, and maybe I could have gone through the whole 
book of Psalms in a way, but I felt that I, you know, often in the Psalms, and it's such a good, it's such a good example for us of how to pray, but also, um, you know, you, if you read through a Psalm, even a Psalm of lament, like at the end, the, the author is praising God, you know, and, and I, I wanted to be at that place, but I often felt like I wasn't at that place mm. towards the end. Of, of each psalm that I would read or that I would study. Except for Psalm 88. <laughs> it ends darkness is my only friend. That's true. Anyways, that's true. Carry on. Right. What you say is true generally. Right. Um, but the book of Job is, you know, many chapters of wrestling, of Job asking God why and his friends coming up with these kind of simplistic, poor answers and just giving a chance over the whole, you know, over months kind of thinking on these things and wrestling God and taking it slow and asking him uh, these questions uh, was just very healing for me and very, very helpful. I felt like the Lord spoke to me through that. Uh, I'm still not sure that I, uh, I, I should say, I am still wrestling through it. I'm a chapter, midway through chapter 39 of the 42 chapters of Job. So God is speaking now. So God is speaking Which at is the nice. end. Yes. Um, but what's fascinating is that when God speaks, he doesn't answer Job's most agonizing question of why. Like, why did God put Job through the terrible suffering that he did? But... Um, but God met him with what was a better answer, what was an answer to a better question, which was um, that he, he meets us in our agony with his presence. And I, I've certainly known that to be the case through, through this time. So, but help me understand a little bit, because um, often I find Job an enigma. Um, because like 90% of the book are these friends of Job giving him generally bad advice. And yet it kind of seems true. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, uh, yes, but, and that's how I feel like I'm often reading uh, through, uh, when does Job, or when does God start speaking? Like chapter 37? 38. 38, okay. So help, help me understand how you knew God's presence when like 85% of the book, there's there's no God mentioned. Mm-hmm. Well, he's mentioned, but it's not always in the in in light of the truth of who he is and right. the way the world works. Right. Um you know, maybe this is because I'm, you know, self-centered and often thinking about myself, but what I think the friends reveal to us is we're off so often where we are. Mm. in thinking about God and in thinking mm. about the world. If I, you know, if I do right, God will bless me. Um, they have a, a very kind of man-centered and man-focused view of God. And I think being able to think about, think carefully about what they're saying uh, helps us see the kind of the error in how we think of God, particularly in suffering. Mm. Um and I think one thing that's really helped me in thinking through that is, I mean, like you said, Job is an enigma. It's a complicated book. Uh, it's a book that is hard to understand. But I've been really helped while in my own personal study reading through um, a commentary book by Christopher Ash called Job, The Wisdom of the Cross. 
And uh, that has really opened my eyes, helped open my eyes to some of the truths that I might not have seen just studying it on my own. Mm. It was it Christopher Ash or someone he quotes, you told me a while back th- um, that you could in- subtitle the book of Job. Is it the way God treats his friends? Yeah, how God treats his friends. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and what he's getting at there in a sense is, you know, will God be glorified? Do we glorify God when all we have is him? Mm-hmm. When we've been stripped away with, from his blessings, when we, you know, when he's all we have left, do we still praise him? And if we do, that brings him great glory. Yeah. Amen. Um, and also, uh, how God treats his friends is also looking forward to the cross. I was just going to ask, right? have you had a chance to think much about how Job connects to the gospel? Yes, certainly. And and Christopher Ashe's book would argue that it, Job actually hardly makes sense without the cross in view, that God, um, you know, that Jesus has, he, like Job, and even more so, lived a blameless life, a life of totally trusting God, and yet what does he get? Mm. You know, he he gets the, the cross, the suffering of the cross, and many of the things that Job feels you could almost ascribe to Jesus in the book how he feels alone in his suffering, um, how he, he feels shame, uh, how he feels separated from God, just like Jesus does. Yeah. Um, and and yet, uh, God gets great glory from from the shame of the cross, uh, from Jesus dying and and rising again for our salvation. Um, so not only how God treats his friends, but how God treats his son. That's right. And some, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the the preachers on TBN, like Joel Osteen, do long series through the book of Job in their <laughs> sermons. I doubt it, because there's also a great a great quote that, you know, we often talk about the, um, the prosperity gospel, whereas Job could actually also be subtitled the adversity gospel, yeah. right? That we... We see and know God and bring him glory, even and especially maybe through our suffering and pain and mm-hmm. adversity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really helpful. I hope uh, maybe that will inspire some people who are listening uh, to to tackle the book of Job. Yeah. How do you, like when it came to Job, so you're reading a commentary, you're reading through the text, how do you personally study the Bible and just use Job as an example? Sure. Like, what does that look like yeah. practically? When I should say, when you're mentioning about others studying, I have heard a number of Christians at our church say that they've studied through the book of Job this year, mm. you know, either through all that's the suffering with coronavirus, with lost jobs, with, you know, challenges being isolated. I have heard a number of people studying and I, I pray that they would be encouraged by those words as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and as for, yeah, as for studying scripture, well, I've, I've certainly been so helped by the women's ministry here at Hinson, um, how I've gotten tools through Simeon Trust, through, um, yeah, through studying the Bible with other believers here at the church. That's really, really helped me to be able to take on uh, something like this through the summer. Um, I love those black ESV scripture journal books. Um, that you can get. I don't know if there's a name for those, but they're they're ESV scripture journals, and they PK just, look that up. They're just on like you can buy one for every book of the Bible, 
and it's just the text of scripture with the you know um, chapter and verse numbers and then on the other side it's just a page of a blank page where you can take notes i've really been helped by that um by that structure being able to write on the text write on the the lines and take notes of scripture um you know making observations of the text each day pk has come through the okay. esv scripture journal and then the book of the bible so this is for pk <laughs> thank you Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but just for as a resource. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you, know, you can just simply go through making observations, um, interpretations, applications. And then I check myself with like the commentary, Christopher Ash's commentary, to see where I got it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. Yeah. And then certainly not stopping there, but being sure to meditate on that time to really, it's a difficult thing to do, but pour out my pain, my confusion to the Lord. And I so often find that he meets me there. Mm. Do you do that in your head? Do you do that through journaling? Do you do it out loud? I think mostly I do that in in my head. Some okay. some journaling in within that scripture, the ESV mm-hmm. scripture journal. Mm-hmm. But but mostly I, I find that I connect with him best just speaking to him from yeah. my heart and head. Yeah. You're also an internal processor. That is true. I can't really do that that well. I, <laughs> I have to either pray with you, pray out loud, or journal it out. Yeah. But the Lord has wired us all differently. That's right. Um, just as we conclude this this conversation, maybe you and I will talk again some some other time. Hopefully. Um, but uh, how have you seen God sustaining you and our church family um, during this difficult season of 2020, but also some of the things you've, you've mentioned? How have you seen God sustaining grace? Yeah, I think I've seen it, as I said, with in our suffering, the Lord really speaking to us through his word. Mm-hmm. I've seen and heard other believers talk about how you know shuff- suffering sharpens us to hear God's word and to, to really take it in when we don't have a lot of the other distractions, when our, our pain causes us to run to him. Uh, it has been difficult not to be able to meet all together as a church, um, that really hurts. Um, but I pray that we will again soon. And I know that he is, he is meeting us in this season through, through speaking to us through his word. Amen. Yeah. Uh, I often have saints at Henson ask me, um, how they can pray for us and particularly for our family. How can the church pray for, for you and by extension, other pastors and elders' wives mm-hmm. at the church. Yeah, I think this feels uh, with with you know everything happening in 2020, uh, the the challenges to unity, the challenges to meeting together. Um, I think the pastors' wives and elders' wives. I think we feel the weight, you know, of those things in a unique way because I think you know you guys. Uh, all the elders and pastors are so invested in the church and you love the church and you feel those things. And then uh, we feel them as pastors, wives and elders, wives too. Um, so pray that, that the Lord would sustain us. Pray that we would, uh, we would continue to sow in tears that we might reap with shouts of joy. Um, pray that, that just that, that we would be faithful to the task 
uh, we've been given to to love our husbands well, to take good care of our families, um, even when we feel you know weighed down by the current season. That'd be a good prayer. That's great, and that helps me know how I can pray for you too. Thanks, good Ashley. You've been great. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks Thank, for having me. Thanks for being my wife. You're welcome. It's a pleasure.